Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Taking Back You Momcast. Hi, guys. How you doing? It's Danny Carter Iddens, your host this week and every week. And this week, we are joined again by Allison Farber. You may remember her as our very first guest for the Mom Business May series of our podcast. Well, she is back because, frankly, she had more to say and we wanted to listen. So last time, she talked about the intricacies of starting a mom-owned business. And this time, she's going to talk to us about being a working mom and how to initiate the harder conversations and just kind of the working, um, you know, the working mom environment in the workplace and what we can do to help ourselves and, you know, to help other moms who are in that in that particular position. Allison is such a great resource and I hope you, you know, just hear her heart and her knowledge in this episode. I'll be back at the end to share some more information about her and how you can contact her. All right, guys, enjoy the episode. Coming to you straight from Indianapolis, a.k.a. the Circle City, this is the Taking Back You Momcast. The Taking Back You Momcast is a witty, authentic, and sometimes sarcastic podcast for millennial mamas who are in the thick of mom life. And I'm your host, Danny Carter-Iddens, wife, millennial mama, motivational speaker, and motherhood advocate. Hey guys, I am here with Allison Farber. You may remember her from a few episodes back, and she spoke to us about how she started her mom-owned business. And now she's going to be back. She she is going to talk to us about the, you know, issues that she has experienced or that, you know, you may experience when you are a working mom going to work and just kind of, you know, how to start initiating the harder conversations that you may have now that you have added the role of mom to your resume and you're still working in, you know, you're still trying to build up your career and you're in the working world. If you don't remember, Allison is the owner of Affordable Care Consulting, which is a business that provides quality career guidance and coaching to the underserved workforce. And you guys, she's back again. She was a, she was a part of our Mom Business May series. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please do. She's the first uh, part of the Mom Business May series. And she, when, when we spoke, um, she had a lot of, she had a lot of ideas and I was like, okay, well, let's just, let's just work our way through (laughs) the list. So she's back to talk to us about, you know, the harder conversations of being a working mom. And like, I want to remind you, she is a mom of a really, really cute three-year-old boy and her husband, her and her husband and her son, they live in Noblesville, which is, like I said, not very far from me. And I'm just really glad to have her back on the show. And before we get started, I want to do just one thing. I want to personally thank your mom, Allison, for sending us those adorable masks. We, we absolutely love them. Jim wore his today. Um, and I don't even know she's, she's, I don't even know how she did it, but (laughs) Jim's has like leaves and like different things on it. So he wore his mask to do, um, landscaping consultations. And I was like, these are perfect. Like it was just like absolutely perfect. And Alex loves the Incredibles. Um, when the Incredibles two came out, I can probably quote that entire movie. Um, so it was just like, she was on point perfect. I don't even know how she did. She's, you can tell she's a grandma. She like knows her stuff. She's good. She's good. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to thank her personally for that. Cause I really did appreciate that. Um, and it was just, it was just so sweet. I couldn't even believe it. I almost started crying. Cause I was just like, no one ever, like people are just nice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, well, actually, I think that she is a, a subscriber of yours now. So. Oh really? Oh my gosh. Well, that is. Directly. Well, that is. So sweet. <laughs> I will. And I and I'm gonna drop. I want. I'm gonna drop a note. Um, in the mail for her because I just I, I just couldn't even deal with like how sweet that was. It was just really just uh, I don't know. I just yeah, I'm about to cry now. Like that's so awesome. Weird. And you know, it's uh, it, it's just her way of um of giving back to you know everybody that she can to help. It's her way of getting us through uh, this. Yes. And she's one of those people that she just she cares so stinking much about everybody. Well, um, and that's great. And it's, it's fantastic. So yeah. yes, thank yeah. you, mom. Thank you for also sending my son uh, a mask and me some and um, really, really jumping on this to, to help protect a lot of people. Yes. So it's, and it's it incredible is. that she's doing that. It is. It's just, and, and I, like I said, I applaud her talent because um, she, her talent is one that I do not have. Um, and so I'm always amazed by people who can sew. Like, I just am like, how, what? I don't understand. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I'm always amazed by that anyway. And then mm -hmm. um, just for such a generous gift and, you know, um, Alex was like, can I wear mine in the backyard? And I'm like, well, you don't need to, but I mean, all right. <laughs> Go ahead. Get used to it. It's not going anywhere. Exactly. Soon, exactly. So, so lo lose your mind, kid. <laughs> so I, I know he appreciates it too. He, he said, he said earlier today, love my mask it's so cool so um it is your mask is it, it rates with the six and a half year old set um <laughs> all over it two, two thumbs up so yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you so much for that so allison um i have to tell you one other thing really fast so my best friend that i grew up with her name is also allison and okay. i can tell you the confusion in our household because i say like i have to do a uh, you know i'm gonna do a podcast with allison and my son's like auntie allison and i'm like no a different allison what other allison like he's just very concerned and very confused and doesn't know why there's so many allisons um so i <laughs> <laughs> because it was a step down from Ashley in the 80s. There, yeah, exactly, so, exactly. There's a lot of us. <laughs> your name wasn't Ashley, your name was Allison. And yeah, that's just um that's just the way it was. I don't know. And you know, the, we were laughing about the the laughing at the 80s names. Uh Danielle is another mm -hmm. very 80s name. Um so I totally yeah, that's what you're right. There's a whole bunch there's going to be a whole bunch of old women running around in, you know, about 40 50 years named Ashley, Allison, Danielle, you know, mm -hmm. um, Jennifer, <laughs> uh, Megan, Megan. Oh yes. There'll yeah. be Megan's everywhere. So that's okay. We're going to, we're going to kill it. It'll be fine. That's fine. I, I yeah. can't wait for that because, um, uh, you know, in, in my house, uh, lately the show, uh, so my son's three, the show Bluey has been very popular. So oh yes. Like Disney plus. Yes. And, uh, yes. Um, some other stuff. So one game that they play is grannies. <laughs> and they call each other they call each other granny names and so they're marjorie and rita and yes. so uh he he doesn't understand the difference yet between you know male and female names and so he was like mommy can we play grannies and so he called me up on the phone you know the, the finger phone boop 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 mm -hmm. hello marjorie this is rita <laughs> and i was just like I was thinking about it and I was like, I cannot wait until the old lady name is Ashley and the old man name is Brian. I know, <laughs> like, exactly, you know? exactly. I can't either. No, it's going to be funny. And I always, I used to think of that when I was little. I would go, one day there's going to be an old lady named Jennifer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it's going to be funny. Um, but we digress. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> just to get some laughs out of the way because we are going to have some hard, we're going to have, have to talk about some hard things right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me about your, you know, you, you alluded to it a little bit in the last episode, but kind of tell me um, the leadership positions that you were in and mm. just kind of how you came to realize like, Hey, wait a minute, there's kind of a different standard for, um, you know, moms in the working world versus quote unquote, I guess everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, my experience in the way back machine, uh, before I started my uh, career consulting business, I was a people manager. And so <laughs> the biggest background of that is in technology sales. Um, which is incredible for a lot of different reasons. Um, when you think of those, you know, those companies that are really kind of changing the environment, um, you know, based on work-life balance, they were probably the first industry to pioneer, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they were probably the first industry to uh, pioneer like unpaid or sorry, paid sick leave, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and remote working and, you know, all of that type of stuff. Um, so a lot of incredible things there, but being a people manager and a specifically a manager of women, young women in the technology industry, there's still very much this big divide between working women and working mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, and let's, let's be real. It's not really helped much by law. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of requirements nationally or at the state level that really help reinforce, um, good working conditions for mothers. Um, the last progressive thing that was made for working mothers was back, um, actually in, the, in 1986, I think was the cool. last bill that was made for working mothers. So we were um, toddlers. Cool. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was the year I was born. Thank you. So, okay. So, so I was a toddler and that was the year you were born. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, that was the last time that really, uh, and that was when uh, pregnancy and childbirth was actually considered part of FMLA. Yeah. Um, so family medical leave act. Um, beyond that, there hasn't really been a whole lot of work done outside of voluntarily voluntary work done by these companies. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the, you know, a, a lot of the progressive things have been very holistic, but the needs of mothers is, specific. And I think that that comes from two different places. Uh, The first place being that unfortunately in leadership at companies and even at the leadership of the government level, those are not women led. Mm. Um, You know, the proportionately they're not very women led. Um, So it's just kind of a blind side to business and to lawmakers that these are not needs of people. These are not needs of productivity workers. And the other thing too, I think is that we talked about this last time, that um, dichotomy of women of when you're a young woman with no children, you are a worker first, but when you become a child, a a, a woman with children, you become a mother first. It does not mean that that other part of your experience disappears. It's just that instead of becoming a worker, you become a working mother. And so you have other priorities that come up that supplant um, that's a plant, you know, your job and your day to day, um, which is, you know, just world shaking for the mother, but also from an employer standpoint, I think the lens has always been that, well, this person is less important because they have less to give mm-hmm. to this organization. Their time is limited. Their focus is limited. Um, they become, you know, traditionally speaking, a liability. 
But that very quickly, and again, happy to work in the technology sector where this is kind of the most visible, with the way that the rules of work have been changing, a lot of the skills that moms inherently have are now considered strengths for those companies and boons for those cultures. And they have a deeper impact um, to people who don't have children um, than uh, what, what it's been traditionally perceived. So there's a couple of things going on here, but mostly it comes down to awareness and leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing too is just what does it mean to be in a world of work today mm -hmm. compared to historically? Um, and that's where a lot of this stuff comes into play. Okay. So yeah, I, you know, you, you touched on some interesting points is just, and one of the things that, um, you know, I, I work to combat even in my own little corner of the universe is, you know, women in leadership positions. Cause you're right. That's the, what I find is an interesting, um, I don't know, I guess kind of an interesting phenomenon is that I feel like it is much easier for a woman in a leadership position to kind of have the whole in mind or the whole group in mind than it is for a male in a leadership position. And I don't know if that's just like kind of our physiological makeup, if we just kind of think that way um, versus, you know, male, they have their strengths as well. But I do, I, I agree with you that, you know, having more female led businesses or leadership positions within a business, I think would really open up these opportunities, whether or not they are mothers, um, to kind of help, you know, to kind of help everyone realize like, hey, this is a thing. These are skills. And these people are still a part of our working environment. They're not just, you know, um, like you said, expendable or, uh, you know, some sort of like, oh, well, they'll be here until they're not, you know, and, <laughs> and, and everything like that. Um, and then by, they're going to have some kids and maybe they'll come back, but right. we'll never them again. Right. Yeah. And, you know, when you're talking about leadership, um, there's this uh, new phenomenon that's been happening. Um, well, I say new, but honestly, it's been happening for about the past 10 years. Um, and that's the different styles of coaching. Mm -hmm. So traditionally, when you coach somebody, you coach them for performance, right? You coach mm -hmm. them for get the job done, right? And men are good at that, right? Yes. I have box. I'm going to improve box. Um, <laughs> whereas <laughs> whereas uh, women, we are taught to uh, nurture. You know, yes. we, we take care of those baby dolls when we're young. And, you know, we, we look, to your point, to take care of the group. Um, and also to make emotional connections. Mm -hmm. And so with that, with those changes and with more women coming into leadership roles, there's the performance, uh, the, the coaching for performance. And then there's the other theory of coaching for growth, mm -hmm. which is I'm going to coach this person to want to improve and buy as almost like a necessary byproduct. They're their, uh, their performance will improve because I want to see them achieve and grow themselves. Yes. And so you get this kind of cultural mindset and it's interesting to look, you know, at just all of the different companies that are out there because some of them are very strong performance based. Um, and those tend to have the workforces, doesn't matter if it's women or men or old or young, but those are the ones that are kind of revolving door workplaces mm -hmm. where they get the skills and then they go, um, because they don't feel 
emotionally supported there and they don't feel like there's a place, a path forward for them. Whereas when you have these companies that have a very strong culture and they're very invested in growth of their teams and what's best for them, those people are the ones that stick around, right? Mm -hmm. And now those are kind of unicorn cultures because of course everybody needs, you know, to to make the money. Um, But when the companies get it right and they actually care about the, the, their people and they show that and they train their managers and directors and VPs of how to show that they actually care about development, then, then that nurturing happens and that's where people actually start loving to come to work. And it's not really um, a surprise to see that those companies are also the companies that have a lot of those benefits and they're also highly competitive to get into, right? So you're talking about they have, instead of just you know, saying, well, the law tells us that we have FMLA, they're like, no, 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 that's okay. We're gonna go ahead and work on your schedule and give you some extra resources um, and give you paid maternity leave, paternity leave, whatever you need to help you, right? Mm-hmm. Because we want what's best for you, even if that momentarily becomes hard for us. Right. So it's just interesting seeing the growth versus the performance uh, versions of coaching. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I, I like that, that explanation because uh, I really, now that you say that I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, oh yeah. And I know I can think of some companies right off the bat that have that, you know, growth, um, you know, point of view and definitely, yeah, there's, there people are sticking around longer and they feel like they can not even just grow in their skills and their abilities, but they can grow their families there. They can grow, you know, and it's something that they can move on through. And even, um, you know, even at the teaching level of my husband being a school teacher, um, the, his, his previous teaching job was a great position and he loved it. Um, but there was no room for growth. Like it was kind of just like he was always going to get paid this. He was, he was never going to learn any more skills. He was never going to go any higher. And even though he loved it, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, am I just going to do this for the next, you know, 30 years or what? And so that was kind of a catalyst for why we moved as well was because he had a, an opportunity to take a position where he knew that there were growth opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and yes, he was going to get, you know, that process and, oh, yeah, great, you did it. Oh, performance, we. But he also knew that there was going to be growth opportunities for him, you know, to go higher up and and to, you know, not even necessarily just make more money, Mm -hmm. but to grow in his career and in his, you know, profession. To to be Um, more fulfilled. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So now this is an interesting, you know, topic because, when you talk about working moms, there's, there's this, um, you know, part of being a working mom that a lot of us experience, and, and I did too, even though I worked for a predominant, I, I worked for a, a women, you know, woman-led company who had all these things in mind. But, um, you know, when, when I went back to work, I was teaching dance and I still was nursing. Um, and so I had, you know, uh, luckily, like I said, it was, this was a women, you know, based business led by women. So the thought that I would be nursing that was thought of long before I, um, you know, had my son. And in fact, I was told by the owner of the studio, like, okay, well, we're going to need to make sure we have a place for you to nurse and da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, I never even thought of that. Yeah, I guess I do need a place to nurse because I, I planned on nursing. And, and, um, 
you know, even if you are not nursing with your baby, you might be pumping and you need a place to do that. So how do you, you know, I know this has been a difficult conversation. Um, one of my best friends, she's also a teacher. Um, when she was having her children, she had her children two years apart. And when she was having her children, she called me crying from the janitor's closet one day because she was pumping, um, you know, from the closet. And she was just like, what the heck is going on? This is awful. What do I do? And I was like, uh, you should be able to tell somebody and somebody should be doing something. But she was kind of afraid to like initiate that conversation. Mm-hmm. So kind of what, you know, what do you say or what would you say to a mom who was in that predicament? And she was just kind of like, okay, I'm, I work, I'm back from my you know, maternity leave. I'm here to do what I need to do, but I still have these, I have these, like, and I, I need some time to do these, these mom things, but that doesn't mean that I'm not here and in it to win it. It just means that I need this. Um, you know, how do you initiate those conversations? Yeah. So, um, I think first, the first place to explore is, uh, getting the facts. So as an employer and being a nursing mother, your employer has to provide you breaks and an area that is okay for you to pump in. Um, so that area usually means that there's access to refrigeration. Um, and if there's not, then at least a place to store, uh, you know, breast milk bags and what have you. Usually your pumps come with like uh, ice packs and kits and stuff. So a place to store it um, and rooms with locking doors and the breaks that are required to, to do that. Um, so that is your right as an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to make sure that anybody who might be falling into the situation understands that. Um, now, so that you don't lock your, unfortunately, the janitor's closet yeah, yeah, I, I hear that one. Um, you know, it's one of those things that leadership should really look at when they're looking at a new space, especially if they have young talent um, or they want to attract young talent. You know, mothers, motherhood is definitely one of those things that's going to happen. Um, that is definitely something that should be a consideration when they have space and not only for mothers, but there's other people too. You know, you could hire somebody who is diabetic and, Mm -hmm. you know, needs a space to take their insulin shots. Right. Um, you might have somebody who suffers from migraines and needs to be able to be in a place that has, you know, you know, they can take their medication and and get away from noise and, and light for a little bit of time. Um, you never know. And so by being one of those employers that actually, proactively thinks about life challenges and the well-being of their workers shows a lot to prospective Mm -hmm. employees. Um, It shows a lot of respect there. So that's one thing that I recommend to anybody in leadership. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of times you're already in your office space. uh, So it isn't terribly hard to take one of your smaller conference rooms and convert it. Um, so this is what I actually did um, for one of for for my staff at uh, one of the places that I worked previously is that we actually had a conference room it was really small it could at max put like three people in there and we went ahead and um, you know blacked out one of the windows and it had a, put a lock on the door um, and then it was a we we called it the wellness room and you could sign up and, and get in there when you needed to do it um, and so for one of the employees that I had that was nursing, we just went ahead and blocked that conference room for her every day at scheduled times. Yeah. 
Um, and sometimes she would go in there um, and we put a mini fridge in there for her personal use as well, had a lock and a key. Um, and sometimes she'd go in there. Sometimes she wanted to have, you know, some more privacy and go get lunch. So she would do it in her car. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. That time was her time. Yeah. Um, actually, funny enough, there's a, do you remember the show New Girl? It was yeah, on yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. So the last season, uh, one of the characters, she had a kid and was returning to work. And it's, it's this very funny thing where she's in a meeting with all men. And then she has her, uh, her, um, her nursing uh, the, the pumps nursing on. Yeah, bra on <laughs> she yeah. has the nursing pumps on in the meeting, and they were like really weirded out. And she's like, "Well, you didn't give me the time, so yeah. here I am, being mm-hmm. milked like a cow." Exactly. <laughs> I to, it's funny. I used to call myself when I was nursing. I called myself Bessie Moo Cow. Oh like, my god! Like, like Bessie Moo Cow. Yeah. Like yeah, it feels you know? like that. Like you, 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 like you feel so inhuman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and on yeah, the one it's hand, it's empowering because you're like, I'm feeding my child. But on the other hand, you're like, on the like, other hand, you're like, me. <laughs> I wish it was my kid, not this machine. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things like that, you know, and uh, not to mention, um, you know, the other thing that you mentioned was how do you start having these conversations if you don't have somebody in leadership? You mm-hmm. know, especially, you know, what if your boss is, you know, um, a, a man? You yeah. know, that's, that makes it even more terrifying. And, um, I do want to plug, uh, a book out there that's very impactful on this. It's called Crucial Conversations, um, by Carrie Patterson. And, uh, the short rundown is <clears throat> they really go in depth of how to set up and frame these conversations. And the first thing is setting a meeting, um, with that person in private to be able to address some of your concerns and also giving them a heads up about what you want to talk about. So, you know what, I'm coming back to work and I'm so happy to be back here, but there's a couple of things that, um, there's a couple of needs that I have that I'd like to discuss with you and see if maybe there's a way that we can go ahead and address these, right? It's a, it's a good way to go ahead and talk through you know, uh, everything from needing to nurse to changing your hours because you have to go pick up or drop off from daycare, um, having a flexible working schedule, uh, anything along those lines. The first step is that you have to bring it up. Um, it's, you're not going to be fired for being a mom. You know, you're, you're not, it's, you're still a worker. It's just that your life is changing. And so it's more about making necessary requirements um, to help facilitate your value at that company. Um, one thing that every employee should keep in mind is that when you get onboarded and hired, it actually usually costs an employer $2,500 or more to hire you through Mm -hmm. going through all the time to look through all the applications and all that type of stuff, hiring you, training you, giving you the supplies. Like it's very expensive to get new employees. So the last thing they want to do, assuming that you are a good employee, the last thing they want to do is have to replace you and train right. somebody else. Right. And also when you walk out the door, what does that say about their culture? And what does that say to, about, uh, say to other young women who are thinking about or already in the process of having a kid? Um, it, it sets a very negative feeling and, and negative and, um, a little bit tone deaf, uh, yeah, right. Uh, environment to, to the culture. So it's something that as an employer, as a manager, you do want to think about the well-being, not only for that individual, but also for the health of your entire community within your office. Right. Um, so you should feel empowered to have these conversations. Um, but 
just approach them with, hey, I have something that I need to address, and then just kind of lay out the facts of this is what's happening, this is why it's not working for me, I want to work with you on how to find a solution, right? right. Leave the emotions at the door. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard as a mom, you know, you get a little weepy. I just get it. Those hormones Try get to you. leave the emotions at the door. And, you know, if you have to bullet it down your points or anything like that, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, but you can get through it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think another thing that um, she experienced, which was so weird, was um, she had other moms or other women um, who were older, who she worked with. So kind of like in her teacher team or whatever mm -hmm. that, you know, when she finally did get up the gusto to kind of to say something, they were kind of against her getting what she needed. And they're they're you know, they were, um, I think they're probably, I can't, I may be wrong, but I think they were anywhere from 20 to 25 years older. Mm -hmm. And their thought process was, well, we didn't have these things mm. when we were, you know, young moms and we did fine. So, you know, what makes you think that you should be having X, Y, Z? Um, and yeah, so that was another thing that she was kind of contending with. And I think that actually kind of uh, upset her more than anything because she, you know, was just feeling like she didn't have the support of the other women um you know kind of in the age group ahead of her and she was just really kind of super bummed out about it because she didn't want you know people to think that she was like trying to mooch and trying to take advantage of the system but she also wanted to be able to still do the things that she needed to do and you know exercise the rights that she knew she had um and and really for them, they were just more upset about, you know, well, she was going to get more breaks. Um, and so that was kind of like, okay, y'all, uh, let's help each, let's help each other out here. Um, <laughs> okay. Two thoughts on that. One is either I get my break or you get to see me leaping through my shirt. Right. right. Well, what I, this, this is the stakes here. And that's um, what I said. Um, <laughs> but sometimes people have told me yes. that I can be a bit abrasive. And so, mm -hmm. but I was like, fine, then I don't know. Uh, flipping milk all over their floors and then they'll get you a place real quick. <laughs> Just squirt it on their computers. Yeah. You know, oh, God, no. then whatever. Sorry if that's too visual, but no, but um. seriously, um, it made me mad. Cause I was, yeah. you know, I was like, yeah, really, cool. you guys know, um, so yeah, I mean, the people who should be your allies because they understand what you're experiencing and instead you're getting judge judgment. Right, um, right. Because of because of the thing. And I I would say this, like the working the world is different than it was 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um and we don't have thing. sexual, you know, <laughs> we, we we have laws about sexual harassment in the workplace that used to be normal 25 years ago. Right. Um, you know, we <laughs> 25 years ago, computers hardly existed. Right. Like the, the world is very, very different. And again, it's not about her getting more breaks because right. honestly, those, those breaks should, should be available for everybody mm -hmm. because, you know, state, the law is very state by state, but most people in most states are entitled to two 15 minute breaks and mm -hmm. a half hour lunch yes. at least. Yeah. Um, now whether or not people take those breaks or whether it's enforced or anything like that, 
you know, that's, that's their business, but it's not like she gets extra breaks. Right. And also it, it could be that if she has a laptop, she can continue working while she's on those breaks. Right. It does not mean that it impacts her productivity. Right. It just means that it is a necessary accommodation for her physical body. And for those people, um, you know, that she, that unfortunately gave her that judgment, it would be no different than if they decided to get up and take a walk because they need to get blood moving back in their legs, Mm -hmm. you know, or they want to do, it's, it's the same type of thing where it is me not taking a break is affecting my physicality and my health. And so I need to be able to do this. Um, It's not trying to siphon off the workload, right? If anything else, like she's probably taking her work home with her if she's able to, so that she can, you know, continue to keep up. But it is unfortunately kind of this, uh, this tone deaf generational gap issue that we have where, yeah, a lot of people like to say like, oh, I didn't have that when I was young and I got, I was fine. So why should you have it? Whereas the conversation should really be like, wow, I wish that I had that when I was younger because it would have made my life so much better. I wish, I hope that you get that opportunity, right? Right. It's coming from a place of jealousy versus a place of lifting each other up. Right. And it just kind of shows more about them and how awful they are than her and what she needs. Right. Yeah. And I think you're right as far as, you know, and that happens a lot of times and I've noticed, you know, and um, I've I've noticed this is there's, there's two, there's two sides of the street. There's the, I never had this when I was your age and I came out. Okay. And then there's the, Oh man, that would have been awesome to have when I was your age because, and you know, really at the end of the day, we're all going to have that. There's going to be things that our kids have and, you know, younger people than us have that, um, were not available to us and like, okay, like sitting around and telling everybody how you did it better when is not really helpful. So thank you. But you know, like that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> um, it's very small minded. Yes. Right? Yeah. It, say, change doesn't happen that way. You know, th- things don't grow if you're just sitting around thinking about how it used to be um, it used to suck when or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, but you know, um, well, and you know, if you have somebody, usually a mom who is, uh, you know, open, like willing to take on the fight to have, you know, uh, flexible working hours, right. Because of the childcare pickup or something like that. What's to say that you as grandma can't also advocate for, you know, maybe some flexible working hours or something like that, because you have to pick up your grandkids and it would help yes. out your granddaughter. Like right. these things are not a one-to-one comparison. It's again, making sure that workplaces are um, available to help support everybody in the working community, regardless right. of your age, gender, sex, orientation, what have you. Right. So it's just, um, it's, it's very interesting trying to, you know, live those truths and also to see the world from other people's point of views. Right. So another thing that I know happens, um, and I, forgive me, I wanted to find the, the um, actual, actual statistic, but, you know, life happens. But one of the things that I was really um, kind of shocked by was, you know, when you follow the trajectory the career trajectory of a woman and a man who grad let's say they graduated from high from sorry college same year 
got the same degree and started in the same job, like same level. Mm-hmm. When you followed them throughout their career, you saw that even though they started off all things even, by the end of it, a man could make anywhere from, you know, um, several hundred to a million dollars more in, you know, in that same time period. So by the time they retired, than a woman would. And the, what they found was that because, you know, every time the woman, like she was moving right along with them, everything was going great until she had a baby. And then he kept going and she kind of stayed where she was or she came out for a little bit and then came back in. And then when she came back in, if she was where she was before, cool. A lot of times she actually ended up a little bit lower and then kind of had to work her way back up again, might've had another baby and then do, do, do. Mm-hmm. And then, so what ended up happening was even though things ended up all, you know, started out even um, by the time they were done, you know, he had made a drastic amount of money more. Um, and then, and wouldn't without necessarily having any more credentials. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there seems to be, you know, this article alluded to, and I'm not sure I agreed with this part of it, but this article alluded to like almost a punishment of, you know, for the punishment for being a mother. I'm not sure I agree with that. Perhaps I need to be just a tad bit more cynical than I am. Um, but what I, what I did see, there's, there seems to be a disconnect between, you know, um, this whole idea of, you know, how much time you spend in the workforce. And then when you have to come out, you know, there seems that technology is moving, things are moving ahead. So when you have to come out, by the time you get back in, you are at a disadvantage or there's tools that you have to learn or you have to go to more school. And that's the other thing that they figured out too, is that a lot of times by the time this was over, the woman was actually more educated than the man. Because every time she had to come back into the workforce, she had to take a couple more classes or get another, throw another MBA on there, or throw, you know, <laughs> throw another degree on there just to kind of keep up. And she never did actually catch up. Um, and so I, I, I thought that, like I said, I, I thought it was a little cynical to say that, you know, like, oh, people just, you know, uh, all this misogyny, la, la, la. But I <laughs> did think that it, I thought it was interesting, the whole idea that, yeah, if you, you know, if you take the time and kind of step out for a minute and then come back in, you, it, there is like, almost seems like a natural, you know, with, with how everything runs so quickly now with technology, with the workplace is always changing, always evolving. It does seem like there, it could be a setup for where a, a working mom, you know, might kind of not even intentionally, but maybe kind of get behind and then have a really hard time, quote unquote, catching up mm-hmm. the other thought process could be that perhaps we don't need to promote <laughs> you know <laughs> the other side so quickly and we need to but you know that's another conversation for another day we'll deal with what we can <laughs> so I mean there's there's a couple of things that go on with that um and it's yeah I'm curious to send me the article because I'm curious yeah, I will if, they, find if, it. They are, if they're directly punishing the moms <laughs> then right no that's not necessarily the case. So there's a couple of things that happen. First is, you know, male-led careers versus female-led careers, mm-hmm. right? So there's, I think everybody can understand that there's a big gender disparity in the type of work done. Right. Um, and a lot of times women are undervalued um, as a whole, so that the income disparity is great, right? 75 cents to a dollar if you're white, uh, if you're a minority, it's even mm-hmm. more. Um, and even within the same role, that income discrepancy is 
usually there. Um, that is, now it could be because of patriarchy, fine. Um, but a lot of times also it's because women are taught not to value themselves as much mm -hmm. as a man. Mm -hmm. And so in, I, I, you know, most of the time hiring a guy, they will sit there and negotiate salary and push back women hardly ever. Um, and that's something that we have to get over ourselves, yeah. um, to, to ask and to require what we're worth. So yes, all things equal, education equal, starting time equal, all that type of stuff. Women's jobs jar when they have a child mm -hmm. um, because you have to take care of that child. Um, you, I mean, at minimum six weeks because that's when daycares will take them and let, them let you go back to work. Uh, FMLA allows you, I think, 12 weeks um, with 60% of your pay before you come back. But some people want to spend that time, probably rightfully so, spending the first years with their children. Right. And unfortunately, in the workplace, those same opportunities aren't usually presented to our male counterparts. Right. So things like paternity leave, um, you know, FMLA does not, con you know, uh, doesn't cover paternity leave unless it's, uh, I mean, it is to take care of a child, but that's usually less used than what right. it could be. Um, even though, you know, they theoretically could, um, having the benefits of a working father. So, you know, changing those schedules and things along those lines. Um, those things are not usually opportunities presented to a father as they are a mother. And so you have kind of this imbalance of whose responsibility it is to take care of your child. Right. Um, not only within the household, but then without, right? right. So the workplace still sees it as it's dad's job to be at work. It's mom's job to be at home. Right. And everything we have in our system is for that imbalance, which is why I applaud the companies that have paid paternity leave, um, especially when they have it at equal levels as maternity leave. Mm -hmm. That's, that's getting more and more um, popular as a benefit. Um, or even if they give a couple of weeks um, so that dad can help out mom. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what, what that's what we had. Um, and, and that was a blessing because I ended up having an emergency C-section. Yeah. And Jim did have a couple of weeks of paternity. But I mean, even after that paternity, I cried the first day he was gone. It was, it was awful. But yeah, at least we had that. I, and, I, and I would sit there and think like, what about the moms that didn't even have that? You know? Um, you and, know. and the other thing too is culturally, it's much more... Uh, common for mom to leave work yeah. uh, to take care of little ones, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about breastfeeding and things like that. So physiologically, okay. Um, but also just culturally, like nobody bats an eye at mom leaving work to take care of the babies, whereas dad leaving the work, leaving work to take care of the babies, it's people are like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, talking about those, um, you know, gender disparities and things like that, a little, a little, a little side yeah. but right. um you know when when you're a mom and you're with a young kid at the grocery store and other ladies like see you you don't get a single comment right unless they're misbehaving mm -hmm. but when my husband is in the store with my mm -hmm. little kid oh he's oh. such a great dad oh he's spending yeah. time with his kid oh you're doing chores like mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. is different Mm -hmm. This is not acceptable anymore. So right. like that's, that's the, the home side, but yeah. the work side is just like that. Yes. So yes. the work side is 
oh, you're a mom, you need to take care of the, mom, the, the children, you need to exit the workplace, all that type of stuff. But if you're the father, well, you have to stay here because you're the provider and you have to keep going forward, right? Right. So that's, that's two reasons of why that compounds is one, because we have kind of this imbalanced ecosystem. And then also we have an imbalance in wages. So then when you're leaving work and you take a leave of absence in work, this is problem number three. We, you're, you're right to the extent that like, yeah, the world is moving so fast that it's really, really hard to keep up, especially with technological advances, mm-hmm. um, changes in legal policy, um, changes in uh, how your company is doing growth or anything along those lines, um, especially when you have a full-time job of keeping up with caring for your children. So for anybody who has left the workforce to take care of their kids, um, which usually it's mom, sometimes it's dad, but for anybody mm-hmm. who leaves the workforce, to keep up with that while also taking care of your kids is near impossible, mm-hmm. right? So when you're coming back, you're unfortunately at a disadvantage that you're not at the same level where you left because everything has outgrown you. Right. And you actually have a whole bunch of people that have recently come out of college Um, or those master degrees or something like that, that they do have that level of education, but they don't have your practical experience. Um, And I think that that is something that a lot of people fall into the trap of supplementing their practical experience with education. And for the most part, if you're in a non-technical role, um, master degrees don't matter that much. Um, I see a lot of people falling into this where, yeah, they took time to take off to, they took time off to raise their kids and then they went to school, you know, part of the time to, you know, keep themselves, uh, quote unquote experienced, but that still doesn't give practical application to that education. Your time is actually probably much better spent if you work part-time in your field, if it's possible, or if you work in another relevant field, or if you do self-study with some of the trends that are happening in, uh, in your field. Um, so, you know, learning those softwares on your own or something along those lines. Uh, the only real reason for that is the cost of benefit ratio, because no matter what, if you don't have that practical experience, nine times out of 10, you're not going to get hired at the same level. Whereas, you know, if you take that education level, then you're getting yourself into debt for Mm -hmm. being underemployed according to that debt. And right now the market is flooded with MBAs. Um, With the economic downturn, there's going to be a lot more recent graduates that from college that are going to go to get their MBAs to try to ride out the recession. Mm-hmm. Um, so that degree is going to mean less and less in the coming years. So I, I don't recommend it unless it's like integral to your field that you need that education. And that's the trap that, you know, I fell into. Um, I, cause I was coming out of, I graduated from college in 06. And so, like you said, we were, that was right at the, you know, kind of the onset of like, hey, things might be weird. And by 08, when I graduated from grad school, yeah, um, and that's the trap that I fell into. So I I had this master's degree and I was teaching dance, Um, you know, and and so then that that presented an interesting perspective because when um, I did finally 
decide like, okay, um, I'm going to use this master's degree. And I started teaching English in the, at the high school level and dance. It was a really cool program that I taught at. Um, they, we, you know, okay, I did that for a year. So I did that when I was um, 26 and 27. And then I, we got married. And then two minutes after that, we were like, oh, okay, well, we should probably start trying to have, you know, um, a, little, <laughs> a little baby. And mm -hmm. so we, we've, we sat down and we figured it out and we said, okay, um, who's going to stay home? And, and luckily I, I, I'm married to an amazing man who the question was, which one of us is going to stay home? It's not, mm -hmm. You're, it wasn't, well, you're going to stay home. So luckily it was which one of us. And I said, well, it just, I have the boobs. So it seems like it would make the most sense, at least at the beginning for it to be me. And we were like, mm -hmm. okay. Um, so then when we did the cost, you know, the cost benefit, yeah. the cost benefit <laughs> analysis, um, we realized that it was cheaper for me to quit working and, mm -hmm. you know, then for me to work even part-time <laughs> and, you know, do childcare. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we just kind of, and I feel like that's probably a very common, um, realization that a lot of, a lot of families go through. So I think that's the other part of it too, is that like, even if I wanted to stay, it would have been, um, mm -hmm. the rig, the rigmarole and trying to pay for it. And I know I'm not crazy cause I just, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law just told me how much they pay for their child to go to daycare. Um, and I, and I was like, so you guys are basically paying another mortgage mm -hmm. every month for your child to go to daycare. Oh dear yeah. God. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would have been priced. It would have literally actually, we would have, it was more expensive for him to go to daycare than for me to stay at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what we also figured out too was that even at the time my husband was still working on his master's degree, but mm -hmm. he was still making more money piecing together jobs than I was making as a teacher, which that's another story for another day. We'll get into that later. But you know, um, that's, that was the other weird thing is that it, it didn't even make sense for me to be the one to stay. Cause he's like, well, shoot, I'm doing better. Um, you know, uh, trimming people's bushes and, and working part time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was also an interesting, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say dichotomy, but like just a little in an interesting thing that we went through. So, you know, now once my son, now he's in kindergarten, actually he's not anymore. Oh my gosh. He's in fifth grade. <laughs> Ooh, I cried yesterday. I cried. They had the little goodbye Zoom and I, 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 I just started crying and Jim looks over. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, my baby's in first grade and I don't even know because he was a baby. And so, um, but that's another story. But anyways, yeah, you know, he, when he went into kindergarten, I looked around and I said, well, I could go back to work now because he's in school. So mm -hmm. then I went back and, you know, and I, and I, I got my teaching, I re-upped my teaching license and I started to fill out applications. And then they started asking, you know, when was your last teaching job? And I was like, mm -hmm. and, you know, <laughs> um, and then, so really I ended up kind of backing out and that's another reason why taking back you is, is something that I'm doing because I realized that, you know, I could take the skills that I knew. I knew I had all these skills and I knew I had all these abilities, but trying to get back into the work world was just, ugh, like it just sounded like a lot. And I said, honestly, I think it might be easier for me to build my own thing at this point <laughs> um, than to try to, you know, put on the dog and pony show to get back in, you know, um, the workforce, you know, traditionally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and a lot of moms go through that too. I mean, 
I have myself. Uh, right. Hey, new business. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. But you know, it's it's interesting because the world of work, as soon as you introduce uh, family needs, dependent needs in into your structure, be it children or um, you know a, an adult that you need to care for, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, work becomes secondary and it becomes kind of this juggling act of, okay, it's not just work is something that I do and it's the primary thing I do. It's now a smaller piece in this big complicated puzzle. And, you know, one thing that is interesting for anybody who's planning on having a kid, um, their first, or especially like when they have multiple kids is, what you mentioned, which is how are we going to pay for daycare? Like, Mm -hmm. I wish somebody had told me realistically how much daycare costs before having a child. And that's Mm -hmm. another thing that I think there's a whole lot of potential in the world of work that we really should be advocating for is to have employer sponsored or government sponsored or subsidized daycare to actually make this realistic. Because what we do is that we kneecap, you know, probably a good third of our workforce right because those are people who are in working families and of that third there's a hefty percentage that end up having to drop out now if not on the first kid because they can afford two mortgages then definitely on the second kid because they can't afford three mortgages right um and so while yes that's your responsibility as a parent to figure out um you know it becomes another kind of cobbled together situation mm-hmm. um so if you're a high earner or very low earner, um, you know, you put your kids in daycare and, and you, you go to normal nine to five work, but there's this whole group of people who, you know, run their business at home or they take part in MLMs. Uh, they have a part-time job here. Their spouse has a full-time job. Um, and then also their daycare is also cobbled together. So mm-hmm. I have my child some days, my husband has my child some days, my in-laws, have, the neighbor, whatever. And so it becomes kind of this very complicated, stressful puzzle um, that it's almost like a house of cards, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like if one thing falls down then your whole world's going to collapse and you really got to think and think and move through it. Another reason why moms are really great task managers and really, really good project managers, right? Those are skills. Please use them moms out in the world. Um, but when that house of cards collapses, you have to kind of rebuild it and you have to look at your life again, uh, holistically. And unfortunately, that takes a lot of people out of that experience of going to work and being able Mm -hmm. to contribute to work. And so that's where you see a lot of parents become uh, less performing employees. It's not because they don't care about their jobs. It's just that the rest of their lives become so overwhelming because they're not present for it. Um, or because it's creating financial stress or something like that, that ultimately they have to make that hard decision, even if they enjoy their work, that they have to put their family first and figure it out and leave. Um, So that happens, unfortunately, to a lot of working moms, to a lot of really talented people. Um, And, you know, from an employer standpoint, like that's one of those things that we really could do a little bit better with right it wouldn't take a whole lot to have buildings have daycares downstairs and give employees you know discounts to put their children into those daycares right uh cooperative preschools and daycares um things along those lines Uh, being able to help 
give those opportunities to parents as employers is a place that we have only scratched the surface of. And I think that that's something um, with everybody being part of a remote workforce right now. Mm. I think that that's something that's going to very much change in the future is because now if you're a working parent, you're, you have to do both and your employers have to be flexible. Um, otherwise the work is just not going to get done. Right. So I think that we're going to see some of these changes come relatively soon politically. Yeah. Um, we just have to hold on and also advocate for them as, as moms ourselves. Yes. Um, but, you know, going back to your story of, uh, you know, leaving work and having to do that juggling, um, we actually had a similar situation where um, my son for the first uh, several years of his life is uh, what I like to call institutionalized. So he went to daycare <laughs> full time uh, was, and, and it worked for us um, until he actually started developing um, some emotional problems. So he started getting, you know, about two years old or so, he started getting violent and all that type of stuff. It was right in line with when we had um, moved states for, mm. you know, we moved back closer to home um, and he was in a new daycare environment and uh, he got kicked out. He got kicked out of a couple of daycares and my husband and I had the same conversation and you know, my husband is fantastic. And we looked at, okay, we did the math, right? We we're mm -hmm, like, okay, mm -hmm. where are we at? And if something needs to change. And so we actually figured out that between the difference in the cost of daycare and how much my husband was earning, that he could go down to part-time and stay, be with our son for half of the week. And that would actually balance out. So he could go down to 50% employment and be fine. And he actually proposed that to his employers and was lucky enough that they were flexible with it and they actually did it for him. That's um, amazing. Yeah. And they actually agreed to do that because he, you know, because they, they understood that. Um, and that gave us the flexibility and the other time he, uh, our son went to his grandparents' house, but we had to do those weird mathematics yes. in order to make sure that, the thing that was most important for us was okay. And then work kind of happened too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really normal and it's really hard um, to, to juggle those things. Um, but again, that's another time where one of those critical conversations with an employer happened. In this point, it was my husband going to his employer and saying, this is what's happening at home. This is how much I'm able to give you. Um, is there some way we can work this out? Right. And the good thing was at that time, it was a yes. So, well, that's yeah. awesome. I, and, and, you know, and first of all, I thank you so much for coming on and, and discussing this topic because it is something that, you know, our, you know, the moms who listen to the show, they, they're experiencing it. And I think that even just acknowledging it and validating it is, you know, the first step that, hey, you feel this way, you're not wrong. Um, and now we just have to, like you said, advocate for it to continue and for it to grow. And then the other thing that I want to, you know, throw out there is that, you know, all of us moms who are starting businesses right now, we might be starting them in, you know, um, I'm in my closet right now, but, you know, we might be starting them in our homes. But, you know, one day when you're big and you need a building or you need to, you know, expand your enterprise or whatever, keep these things in mind. Keep these things, um, you know, how you want to build and, and put that into your plan, how you want to build your business mm -hmm. for, you know, women who um, 
who are mothers who are in the workforce keep these things in mind because they they this is not going to stop moms are not going to stop having you know babies sorry i love you but you know so it is a thing that we're going to have to you know keep being met with and yeah. i love um i think gray's anatomy was my first experience in ever thinking like there could be a daycare on site of you know work where i remember when meredith was advocating you know for a daycare at their hospital for the kids. And I just like, I was like, yes, you know, but, um, and I didn't know how important that was. Cause when that happened, I didn't have children. I wasn't married. So I was just kind of like, Oh, that's nice. But now I watch episodes of Grey's Anatomy and I'm like, man, that would be really cool. Um, because yeah. And I think that needs to happen, you know, way more. I know churches are definitely starting, um, to incorporate, you know, um, nursing or mothering rooms or things like that so that they're in you know the church employees and their you know um parishioners can utilize those and you know not feel like weird for you know <laughs> having to do these things because life is, is a thing and then i think life is a thing and i think we need to be okay with um you know the fact that motherhood is natural it's going to happen and instead of fighting it we need to just kind of figure out okay cool we all know this is going to happen so how can we add this into the process and, mm -hmm. and like you said utilize those amazing skills that moms do have we, yeah. we have a lot of great skills that are very needed and very helpful in the workforce um i, I often think of my grandmother who like i i say all the time on the show she was, she was the smartest woman i knew um and she didn't even have a high school degree and what was amazing is that she, I, I always, I would ask her, you know, how come you weren't a supervisor or whatever? Because she worked at the phone company for, gosh, 25 years. And I asked her, I said, why didn't you, why weren't you a supervisor? Why weren't you like, why did you always have, like, how did you not get promote, promoted in 25 years? And she said, I was offered promotions, but at that time, women didn't make more than their husbands. And so she turned down promotions, um, you know, because she, she didn't, her yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's another reason. So when people ask me, why do you, why do you do what you do? Um, that's just, a, you can add that to the list of the reasons <laughs> why I, I do that, what I do. Cause I, that conversation rings in my head um, yeah. so many times. And, and, yeah. and Jim said to me, he was like, boo, you do you, you make all the money you got to make, baby. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> I will be all right. <laughs> well, and if it, if it makes you uncomfortable, let's think about this another way, right? It's not making more than your husband. It's making more for your family, right? Exactly. You're bringing in more for your family. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the key takeaways here is that, um, you know, if you're a new mom, you're not in a silo, right? right. You have other resources, even if traditionally those, it seems like everything falls on you. You have a partner, you have a community, leverage it, right? Yes. Um, at the workplace, advocate for yourself. People are not going to understand what you need unless you have a voice to tell them what you need. Um, and also the consequences of not getting what you need. Right. If it means that you have to leave work, make that very clear. Like, hey, I've got to do this or else. Right. Um, 
you know, nothing will, nothing will scare your employer more. <laughs> yeah. You can spend another $2,500 to find yeah. a replacement for me, or you can give me these, you know, like mm-hmm. a couple these, of, things. or we can just go ahead and have regular scheduled breaks, whatever. Right. Right. And then the last thing <laughs> is, you know, if, if you do become, um, if you are a, a people manager or if you do end up becoming, you know, a, a successful entrepreneur that has staff or anything along those lines, um, practice empathy, yes. you know, uh, tr- make sure that people are, make sure you're treating your people like people, not robots, um, and coach them again with that growth mindset, making sure that they are happy, um, and that they're provided for outside of what they can contribute for you. Because right. if you can actually make sure that they feel seen and heard and, uh, respected, then not only are you going to get the top performance, but you're also going to have loyalty when times are tough on your end. Yes. So having that empathy and really showing that from a leadership perspective is huge. But sometimes it does take, um, you know, people who are individual contributors coming up to their managers and pointing out when they don't feel seen or heard. Yeah. It's opening the doors to that conversation. Um, and if we can continue to advocate for ourselves and be mindful of other people's needs, then that's how we're going to change these workplaces and, and, and make things a little bit easier for the next generation of moms that come through. Yes. And, and we're not going to judge them for the things that they need. Yes. So, that's the last thing we should yeah. remember these conversations. Remember you were there. Exactly. And instead <laughs> of saying, you know, and I used to say that to my students all the time um, when they, you know, you know how, you know how high schoolers are by the time they're seniors, they act like they're, you know, you know, what they're, big, they're big things yeah. yeah and I'm like okay remember when you were that little bitty freshman that was scared to death of your own shadow mm-hmm. um and have a little bit of empathy mm-hmm. um, help, them, help them through help right? them through because it's not yeah what's the quote it's a it, it's not how you treat your equals it's how you treat your inferiors. yes exactly mm-hmm. yeah. exactly yeah. all right so we're gonna wrap up but I you know I love my um First of all, I just thank you so much for coming on. And you know, I love my interesting tidbit. And so I, listen, the gods provide. Allison, um, I I texted her yesterday to to ask her to thank her uh, mom for me and for the masks. And she said, okay, yeah, I will. But let me tell you what happened to me right now. She goes, P.S. I was just in a parade, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so please regale us of the tale. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> yesterday I was on my way from uh, my neighborhood, uh, where my office is, to pick up my son uh, from the babysitter who's in the next neighborhood over. So not a far drive. And as I was leaving, I did notice I live in a very family-oriented neighborhood. Um, lots of, lots of kids, you know, lots of grade school kids. And I noticed a few more of them outside, um, than usual, but there's always kids outside. There's always running around. So I didn't think much about it except for, huh, well, I guess it is a nice day. We should probably go to the park <laughs> yeah, right. when, when I, when we get home. And so I went, I picked up my son and I was talking to him, not paying attention turned into my neighborhood as another car was uh, turning in my neighborhood, coming from the opposite direction, another one behind that. And all of a sudden I hear like horns honking (laughs) and the car in front of me is going really, really slow. And so I look out 
And then I look behind me and that person's also like honking their horn and the drivers are like waving and all these families were out of the ends of their driveways waving at us and like dancing around all these little students and things like that. And my son in the back seat was like, mommy, people are waving at me. <laughs> and so it turns out yesterday was the last day of school. Uh, I think you said that your son uh, yeah. finished up kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. So it was the last day of school for us too. And so the teachers had a teacher parade in all of their cars going around all the neighborhoods. And so I had accidentally turned into the middle of the teacher parade. <laughs> and so all these little kids are just like, oh, look, it's that teacher. I don't know which one it is, but hello. And, so, and I was like, you wave like a queen. <laughs> and I sure did. I was, just, I was just waving until I could just very slowly and quietly like, turn onto my street. And so, but then I parked the car and I was like, okay, Emmett, and then my son, I was like, okay, Emmett, we're going to go watch the parade now. And he was like, yes. So he got to be in a parade and also watch the parade as it came by. Um, so yeah, well, for that, a moment, I mean, that's the dream. For a moment I was in a parade. <laughs> that's awesome. Go Panthers. Yeah, right? <laughs> go Panthers. You know, listen, I, I love the randomness of life sometimes. Like I, I really do. Um, because I think that, you know, so I text her to just like ask her like, oh, can you thank your mom? And then she, the, the, her response, you know, I'm sitting in the living room. I look at my phone and I'm like, you know, I look at it and at first I'm like, oh, and I was in a parade. And then I'm like, what? what? Like a bow? You know? <laughs> so what is happening here? Yeah. Like I was literally like, what is going on? Like, what are you talking about? So I love that. And I just love the randomness of life sometimes. And I think, um, I, the whole time I just imagined you dying. <laughs> yes, I, I was, I was dying. Cause I just had like this visual of you, like, just like, like a float. Yeah. Like, yeah like, right, like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Like, and it's like, hey. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a it was a party. So yeah. well, good, good. Sometimes God bless all the teachers out there. I'm sorry I stole a bit of your thunder. Oh, they're fine. <laughs> the, teacher, the teachers are fine. It was it was a hoot. So well, good. I'm glad. I can't that, wait to send my son to that school. Yes, and see, and so you know, it's a good place. Um, mm -hmm. they're throwing parades and whatnot, and I hope that sticks even after uh, COVID oh. is over. I think the kids love seeing their teachers um, out of school. My son's mm -hmm. teacher came over and from, from, a, from a distance, um, mm -hmm. you know, spoke to him and, you know, just stopped by. She drove to everyone's house and, you know, had like a little combo with them. Um, and then one day we woke up and she had left a little treat for them on our front porch. And so, you know, I hope that sticks. Um, even once all of this foolishness is over and we kind of go back to our quote unquote regularly scheduled programs. I hope we don't go back to our regularly scheduled program. Like you said, kind of in the workplace, but I hope we go to better. Um, and I hope that we remember um, these times and, you know, the, and I swear if I hear somebody say it one more time, these uncertain times. Someone sent me an email the other day saying the, um, these uncertain times and I erased, I deleted the email. I didn't even read the rest of it. Yeah. I like, please do not tell me about the uncertain times anymore. I'll lose my mind. Um, but Allison, thank you so much for being yeah. on. <laughs> I digress. Um, but I digress. 
Thank you Jenny, so much. It's a pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Well, it's listen, it is, really, <laughs> it, it is always fun. So, um, and I'm sure we could think of a new, you know, a wide array of topics for you to come on and speak about. And if you want to learn more, again, I know I shared this in the first episode, but I want to make sure that um, everybody knows what's going on. If you want to learn more about Allison and what she does, you can visit affordablecareerconsulting.com. And Allison will help you start your journey towards your dream job. And also, Allison, if you want to know my opinion, you might not care. But I think you also need to go into consulting for um, working moms and Mm. perhaps even go into consulting for businesses to help them make the transition to welcoming, uh, to being more welcoming for working moms because you, um, you know, some stuff. So (laughs) throwing that out there that you might want to consider. I will take that into advisement. That's actually uh, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where you would fit that in under your Allison umbrella, but I I would try it because it's that. I think there are a lot of businesses that might not necessarily be against it, but may not know where to start. And so if they had somebody that was, you know, consulting them and coaching them, I think they would be open to it. So I will share all the information for her and her social media um, platforms and everything like that on the episode notes for this episode. Allison, do you have anything else you want to share with the guests before we guess you are the guest with our listeners? There we go. With our (laughs) listeners before we hop off. Um, just this guys, you, you've got it. I know life is always changing and, you know, having a baby and being a, a, mo- a working mom is always really, really hard. Um, but you're going to do the right thing. You absolutely are. So good luck. Out the right there. Thing. there you go. You got it. All right. Well guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. And I will talk to you very soon. Bye. I have to say that the best part about what I do is the fact that I get to meet cool and inspiring and amazing and knowledgeable women like Allison. It has just been a pleasure um, interviewing her not once but twice. And honestly, it'll you'll be on the lookout. You'll hear from her again uh, with Taking Back You because she's such an amazing resource. And I hope she does start that consulting business to help businesses learn how to incorporate working moms um, into the workforce better because she would be brilliant at it. So if you want to learn more about Allison, you can go to affordablecareerconsulting.com and you can find out how to start your dream job. Or also you can, you know, find Allison on social media. I'll put all of her social media handles and all of her information in the notes for this episode. But you can just find Allison on social media and, you know, ask her to be a guest. Ask her for her opinion on things. Ask her for her expertise. She knows so much about the workforce and the workplace. You guys, she's a great resource and I know she would be happy to do it. She's such a just such a sweet, wonderful person and she cracks me up. You know I love you know I love to laugh. And so anybody that cracks me up, they are okay in my book. So I hope that this was a this was a great resource for working moms. I know a lot of times we you know, we focus on moms who are starting their own business, but you know what? Moms who are in the workforce, that is just as, if not more, sometimes, you know, honestly important because you're advocating for all of us moms, you're representing us in the workforce. So I hope this episode was informative. And I hope that you got some tools that you can use to move forward in your work life um, and, you know, just kind of figuring out that balance of being a mom and, you know, being a working mom as well. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. And you guys, guess what? This is the final episode of the Taking Back You Momcast 
for this season. Don't worry, I'm not done. We're not done. But this is the end of the season. We are going to take our summer break. I know, I know. We're going to take a summer break. Um, and we will be back on uh, in, in September. And I already have two guests lined up for September. So this will be exciting. Um, we're already working towards, you know, season three. If you can believe it, this is about to be season three. I can't, I like... I just don't even know what's going on with my life, but I just feel so blessed. And I just want to thank you so much for, you know, being with me on this journey and for listening and for sharing the Taking Back You Momcast with your friends. We will be back again in September with all new episodes, but you have at least 50 episodes, I think, to, to listen to and to share. So please, please, please do. I'm not going anywhere. You can find me on social media at Danny Carter Idens on Facebook and Instagram. Drop me an email, danny at dannycarteridens.com. Say hi, send me a DM. It doesn't matter. I would love to hear from you. Or if you want, you can uh, join one of the groups that I lead. You can find all that out on Facebook if you go to Danny Carter Iddens, on my Danny Carter Iddens page on Facebook. Have a wonderful, wonderful summer. And I will talk to you in September. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. For more information on Taking Back You and the Taking Back You Momcast, visit us at takingbackyou.com. From there, you'll be able to follow us on social media, listen to past episodes, and learn all about the mission of Taking Back You. Be sure to subscribe to get future episodes. And from all of us at Taking Back You, thank you so much for your support.